Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we're back with part two of our series wrap-up uh, t- series of episodes. <laughs> part two, this is the last one. We mean it. The final. The final Maybe. one. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't get away from the show, man. I love it so much. Uh, it's a little weird to see people talking about it. Like, AMC just posted a picture of the cast of Breaking Bad and said, what are they up to now? And it's like, we're like five days out from the end of the series, people. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 a long ways out at this point. Good Lord. Yeah, a whole week. And, you know, everyone's forgotten about R.J. Mitty and Brian Cranston. Although they've got a financial interest in keeping interest up. Uh, I don't know what our problem is. They do? Yeah, heck yeah. Like, you know, it's 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 part of their brand. They don't have a lot of other crown jewels in their tiara anymore. Yeah, I guess. And the stuff that spills over from the old Breaking Bad audience will go to Better Call Saul, I think. So hmm. they probably do. Yeah, so they got to keep interest kind of pumped up so people don't forget about the crossover. All right. Well, we've got a lot of listener feedback planned for tonight. But before we get to that, you've got some stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, um, just final chance to pimp out to all our breaking bad fans if you'd like to join us over on the watching dead we've got the kickstarter it says six days left in the campaign uh we got a lot of cool things still left to hit we got the survival uh survival guide goals to hit we got the video version of the cast which i think are hilarious and if you haven't had a chance to go see jim's uh video uh where he actually did a little animatic of the governor and rick negotiating terms of our kickstarter we we made the mistake of letting rick grimes be our negotiator our agent uh, if you'd like to see that i think it's super funny it's twd kickstarter dot baldmove.com man i'm uh, this is going to be a long cast jim I'm, you butchered I it i can't get a url out twd as in the walking dead kickstarter dot baldmove.com check it out we got a link and we'll have a link in the show notes um, second, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and do a little bit of feedback up front. Michael KL says, I know you hate to self-promote, but wanted to let you know that I nominated Breaking Good for a podcast award at podcastaward.com and the categories of People's Choice at Entertainment. I hope you'll let your listeners know about the awards and encourage them to nominate you as this will broaden the Bald Move Empire. We like that. <laughs> we like that. Appreciate we, you looking out for the Bald Move Empire. We hate the self-promotion, but we do like the grow to empire. It's it's a we have conflicting ideals and causes here. <laughs> we are an empire divided against ourselves. Yeah, uh, so I've heard of these podcast awards before. They're kind of we, the big ones around the internet. We try. We campaigned on our first season of Breaking Good, uh-huh. and then we found out we got rejected because there's some kind of bullshit about having to have podcasts for over, you know a year before you're eligible and. You know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, makes sense. I mean, you know, like, a lot of fly-by-night podcasts out there. Then we're like, fuck those guys <laughs> uh, when we got to season 5A. But season 5B, we softened a little bit. And, and you know, if Michael L. puts us up there. Um, anyway, nominations will be accepted up through midnight of October 15th. Uh, I will post a link on there. And I guess the more nominations, the better chances we have. Um so the vote, they, they're going to limit it to like the top five or ten of each category. So if we get enough nominations, we'll make it to the voting round. And then 
hopefully people will help push us to the top. But if, you, if you'd like to help us out with that, again, uh, it's podcastaward.com. Again, there'll be a link right in the show notes. And Yeah, I'm not super concerned with it, honestly, but uh, yeah. it would be cool, you know? I mean, we are the people's choice for oh, Breaking Bad podcasts. We already, I mean, it's, it's, we, we, we own that title. So if we get formal, we get formal recognition, you know, but if we toil in the trenches like John Hamm. Never getting recognition. That's that's fine uh, too. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get to the meat of the cast. Um, something that so many people emailed me and sent me on social media that I about puked up my guts and cried about. Um, Jeff Katzenberger, one of the big money dudes behind DreamWorks, SKG. Sure. He's the K in that equation. Apparently, offered seventy five million dollars. For to Vince Gilligan to make three more episodes of Breaking Bad, a Variety magazine reported wow. this. But he, uh, he told a group of TV executives at Cannes that he offered to pay for three additional hours of Breaking Bad for seventy-five million, which he would have then streamed online for a month as six-minute daily segments, charging viewers between fifty and ninety-nine cents per installment. He Ooh. said, "I'm going to create the greatest pay-per-view television event for scripted programming anyone's ever done." Of course, Katzenberg didn't find out how definitively Breaking Bad was going to end, and that put a kibosh on the idea. Um, so what do you – this is something that I know Seppenwall talked about in his previous uh, – no, he actually talked about this on the Bill uh, Simmons podcast. Bill okay. asked him bef- the week before the finale if Vince Gilligan put a pay-per-view event for 50 bucks and you can see the finale a week early – would you pay for it? And Alan Sepinwall's like, well, I think that's bullshit, and that would be a blatant selling out and taking advantage of the audience, and blah, blah, blah. But I totally would pay 50 bucks to see the last episode of Breaking Bad a week early. Yeah. Would you make that debt? Would you make that, that deal? With the oh, hell yeah. Even if it was just because it would make our podcast so much more easy to do and insightful. Uh, we'd have like. A week to actually think about it, you know? I don't know that it would because that I think a lot of people would do that, and that would be the expectation. Now, Oh, I that we would actually that, podcast right after that? Well, yeah. I mean, it's the initial showing, right? I mean, yeah, if, I guess if it anybody, is. If just anybody could sign up for it, I'm, I'm thinking there would be, you know, out of the six million people watching it, I bet they'd get a million people to do it. If it was just for the one finale episode? So, okay, yeah, maybe, I don't know, 50 bucks is a lot. He's talking about 50 cents each for mm-hmm. six minute segments uh how how many days is he going to be doing that like um, did, did he say well so it's so let's say that the average episode's 50 minutes how many six minute segments would that be there's 12 okay so 42 i mean if you're if you go 42 that's eight right or seven uh, sorry yeah um so i i don't know man i can't do math I, I can't do math. I, I don't so think that's seventy-five that'd be, million though is the trouble. That'd, that'd be roughly twenty-four days, and I'm, I'm sure that he'd stretch it out to like a perfect thirty-day month, or maybe they just do twenty-four and they just broadcast during the business weeks. So if you take twenty-four days, well, let's say the entire audience tunes in for fifty cents. Oh God, you're gonna ask me to do more. That's math. three million bucks. No, three million times twenty-four. Uh, that's seventy-two million dollars. He uh-huh. still doesn't make his money back there. Hmm. I mean, maybe he does it on advertising. I'm sure he would have plenty of advertising. Well, if he charges 99 cents, though. 99 cents, sure. He makes double that. Uh, but he's, there's no way he gets 6 million people, the entire Breaking Bad audience, to watch it, right? 
I guess I'm, I, I I disagree with your math though because I'm, I'm doing it right. And even if he charged fifty cents, he's making seventy two. I guess I'm seventy five. That's near enough making, but it, it would have to be the entire audience. Yeah, I don't think um, you could expect that. He could probably thing, make it up in advertising. The other thing is the six minutes a day. I feel like would just destroy the experience of watching Breaking Bad. It would yeah. be a fundamentally different show. It'd be some kind of like old time serial <laughs> production. Yeah, or you get imagine watching Breaking Bad scene by scene once yes. a day. Yeah. That would feel totally wrong. You'd be very disconnected. It would piss off a lot of people. Um and obviously the way that things ended it, it couldn't happen. What do you think mm. if uh they actually did if he approached Vince at the start of season 5 and told him, "Yo, uh the last I want a, a three episode pro prologue." Um, and maybe yeah. Vince could keep keep Walt alive for a couple more episodes, or they could do it about Jesse's escape from Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seventy five million for three episodes—that's unbelievable. That's a lot. That's that's probably well more than their budget <laughs> for that show. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I see. I, think I feel like this... they told the story they want to tell, and three more episodes would do no good for me. You know a show that this would work for? What? Like 24. That'd be the perfect <laughs> Call it format. 27. <laughs> uh, why would you call it 27 again? Because it's three more hours of the show. Oh. No, I'm t- saying like... There'd have to be three more hours in the day. I'm saying do the whole series like that. Do 24 as like a year-long serial that comes out six minutes a day. I could totally see people doing that. So, because that that show is exactly it's it's you know you got the stopwatch it's kind of you yeah. know short and everything's kind of serial anyway that would just take the that ty- type of story level to- storytelling to the next level. Homeland would hmm. go well in that model too, I think. Yeah, because it's basically twenty four. It's basically a slightly better, high, higher concept twenty four. Um. So do you? I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like you can't just put that on the any project. Like something like Boardwalk yeah. Empire, it would destroy. Something like Mad Men. It would uber destroy. Yeah. And Breaking Bad, I don't, I don't think is a fit either. I'm with you. Okay. Um, let's talk predictions, man. Before we turn it All over right. to, to the audience, let's talk about our terrible season four and season five uh, A predictions. Yeah. And, and, we... and crown a winner. I'm making air <laughs> quotes. I know you can't see it, but I hope you can. I'm, I'm trying to make you feel these air quotes when I say winner. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are no winners here, but we'll see. Uh, so... My first prediction that I've got listed here is, and if you guys want to see these, you can actually go to ballmove.com slash breaking breaking bad predictions with dashes between the the words. You can also get there from our fact. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, My first prediction is Jesse will break good. Did that happen? What what do you think? Um... I'm going to give you credit for that. I'm going to give you full credit for that. You he, are. He, he certainly said he was out. He, he was he done. St- he stopped cooking. He went to the authorities. He turned state's evidence against himself. And, well, I mean, how how much more can you break good? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. He resisted killing Walt at the end. That's another um, a sign. Sure. All right. I'll take it. All right. That's I'll a, give you that uh, one. That's a point for me. So you're up to zero now? <laughs> I am up to zero. Uh, let's go with your uh, first prediction. Your first imp- prediction was Jesse will impregnate someone. Uh, 
no. I don't think that happened. So didn't quite happen. You get the big red uh, strike through here. No good. You're down to negative two. All right. <laughs> I like that. I feel, I feel that. All right. My next prediction. Hank's injury will lead him to discovering Walt's cooking activities. I don't know, man. I feel like in some ways it did because that's when he really sat down and examined the evidence, which is what led him to put that all together when he saw the Walt Whitman inscription. Mm, yeah. But, but I, yeah. He was he was healthy and active and, and ASAC before he had the dumb luck of reading that inscription. So yeah. I would say that, if anything, it led to him shutting down Gus Fring. Okay. I, I'm not going to give that to myself because I okay. I That's think it's borderline. <laughs> <laughs> borderline shit. It's borderline. What are you, Madonna? <laughs> All right. Borderline. Back, back to negative one. All right. Okay. Your next prediction uh, was actually a hit. Walt's youngest child will be endangered or kidnapped in season four. And uh, well, wait, did I see season four? Did I say season four? Yeah, you did. I, Did I? We, we marked it as a hit already, so I know it happened. I just can't think of the scene that it happened in. Yeah, I can't. Uh, well, I, I know mean, she's I been guess tried Sky- to be kidnapped a couple Sky- times. Skylar parental kidnapped her when she went to go to the uh, Four Corners Memorial. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Four so Corners. Maybe, yeah. maybe you gave me credit for that, but I, obviously, she I got full credit for that in season five. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, we already gave it to you, so that stays there. All right. Back at um, the negative one. No, no, that was already marked. That was in the, oh, in the negative shit. one already. Okay. okay. So still at negative two. My next prediction, Mike will turn on Gus and join forces with Walt. He never turned on Gus. He was no, with he Gus until the bitter end. So, so that's like if, if, you, if you had that as two separate predictions, you would have hit on one. But uh, <laughs> are we giving half credit here, Jim? Uh, no, we're not. There are no right. point fives in this game. All right. Uh, your next prediction... Walt will cheat on Skyler. Never happened, man. I had it so close. Yeah, I felt like it might happen, but it never did. So uh, we are you're you're at negative three. I'm at negative two. All right, I can Just see the fix is in. Out. The fix is in here. <laughs> All right, your or sorry, uh, my next prediction already marked as a miss, so this will not count against me. Uh, Walt will not be seen in his underwear throughout season four. That was a bold prediction. That was bold and right stupid. <laughs> Very stupid. So no hit there. Uh, next one for you. Walt Jr. will become part of the family business. Oh, my God. No, that didn't happen. No. The, the exact opposite. opposite. All right. Negative four for you. Uh, my next one, Saul's bodyguard. Uh, referring to Huel here, mm-hmm. will die or his poor health will cause him not to be able to help Saul in a moment of need. I don't think that happened, did it? Uh, I mean, you could almost argue, like, I kind of want to give you partial credit if you combine his lack of mobility, being able to not stop Ted Binicky and almost kill him, which obviously <laughs> was almost disastrous for Skyler, one of his clients, uh-huh. and the fact that he couldn't stop Jesse... Pinkman from barging past him and and whipping Saul's ass, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, no, I'm not going to get you. I'm at negative four. To hell with you. Yeah, come I, join I me in negative that. four land. I don't count that. Negative three for me. All right. 
Your next one. Walt and or Jesse will be arrested on drug charges. Oh, there we go. Boom. Full There's hit. a hit. Jesse got arrested. Walt got arrested. Uh, <laughs> technically, I don't know if he technically, did. Technically, my ass. He was in cuffs. <laughs> he was in custody. Nah, not not really. Not really. What but I'm giving it to you because really. of Jesse. Oh, well, that's generous of you. <laughs> that's generous since a law enforcement officer didn't, in fact, take Walt into custody <laughs> for like five minutes. All right. Um, next up on my list, uh, every episode titled with a weapon name will include someone being killed with that weapon. This one is already marked as a big fat zero. Yep. So, 38 snub is what first got gotcha. you. Yeah, miss on that. Uh, your next one. Walt will kill the head of the Mexican drug trade. Did not happen. Uh, nope. You were already marked for that, so we'll move on. Uh, my next one, we'll find out that Hank knows Mike from some area of law enforcement. Nope. Nope. Uh, I definitely thought that could happen, uh, especially when, you know... Uh, he brought Mike in for questioning and stuff. I thought, oh, maybe right. here's and, where we'll see them. And they started mentioning his law enforcement pass. I kind of thought you might be getting that too, but nope. No, sir. Oh, you're actually in the lead right now. No Negative one. three to negative four. Oh, my God. Ooh, the one has <laughs> turned. All right. Next one is already marked a miss, so uh, no points deducted here. Gail's lab notes will be seen in every episode this season. Was that me or you? That was you. That was Man, a bold prediction. And it came it, – it was it was a hot trend for a good yeah. three, four episode stretch, I believe. Yeah, when Hank was in bed, I mean, he was just – he had those lab notes out every single day. Yeah, and in fact, there was like a one episode gap where it didn't and then it was in there for like three more episodes. And I, I was like, <laughs> damn. But then it's like the whole rest of the like half season, it was, it was gone. Yeah. All right, my next one already marked as a miss. Walt is going to open up a competing car wash across from eyebrows and run him into the ground. You were so close. Oh, I could taste it, man. He bought him out. That's even more pimp. I know. I should have been more bold with that prediction. Mm -hmm. uh, your next one. Marie will serve Hank divorce papers when he recovers. You asshole. No. That's ridiculous. Uh, did not she happen. served him served him breakfast in bed and a hand one of her uh, miraculously <laughs> healing hand jobs. She did. Uh, my next one: Skyler will write a book about her and Walt's experience Breaking Bad. Did not happen. Man, Maybe thought, if we had well, those extra three episodes. When we heard the Charlie Rose angle, I thought for sure mm -hmm. that that had some legs, but nope. Unfortunately, no. Um, all right, your next one. Skyler, Walt Jr., or Jesse will end up using Saul's Disappearer at the end of the series. Oh, man. I don't think I can give this to you because Jesse tried to use him, but he ended Wait, up not using him. What was my prediction's exact words? Exact I'm words. I'm thinking this is a half-court shot that went in, baby, all <laughs> no. the way back from season four? <laughs> no, 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 no. Skyler, Walt Jr., or Jesse yes, will end up, will or... end up using... You Saul's disappearer at the end of the series. You're a fucking programmer. You know the difference between and and or. Walt did use the disappearer. I won that prediction. No, no, no. Skyler, Walt Jr. or Jesse. Oh. <laughs> damn yeah, it. Yeah, man. Je it. Jesse came so damn close to getting that prediction for you. Man. Got to mark uh, it as a loss, though. Yeah, whatever. It's a shame. This, this, the fix is in again. It's, it's a real in. damn dirty shame, I tell you. 
All right, this one's already marked as a hit. Eyebrows will be back in season four. Boom. You got it. Uh, and I don't know when I made that prediction, but obviously he was out of the picture at that point. So I believe that was like the beginning of the season prediction. Yeah, a lot of these were pretty early on in the season. Uh, your next one, Walt Jr. will work at Los Poyos Hermanos. Boom. Oh, <laughs> boom. Well, he, he, ate, he ate, he carried a tray. Oh, back yeah. To his, his table. Yeah, he worked for his meal. I don't think so, man. He, he expended energy to <laughs> no, do no, result. No. That's a definition of work, scientifically. No, 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 no. I can't give that to you. All right, next up on my list, no. there's going to be something very wrong with the car wash that Walt and Skyler bought. Jim Jim Jones, not a believer in science. You heard it here first. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, nothing was wrong with that car wash. It actually made them some money. So The sewing Got machine it. dispensed guns. I'm not sure if that was a, <laughs> a malfunction or not. <laughs> Frozen guns, too, yeah. People go up to get the Fanta, the 38 revolver pops out. <laughs> uh, what is your next one here? All right, Jesse will kill Walt as per the music video in episode 207 by series end. So close. So close, man. I thought yeah, my, my breath was being held in that final moment where he had the gun to Walt. Because it could have gone either way, honestly, up to that moment. And, and I with the previews the way that they were for this season. And I would have lobbied like hell that that, you know, because they're in the middle of the desert, mm-hmm. out there minutes away from Tohajali, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I probably yeah. would argue that he didn't have the Heisenberg hat, though. And that was kind of mm. the key to that video. But if he shot him and walked over him, I think the essential amount of the imagery oh. would be there. But it didn't happen, so mark me down negative. Let's move on. Didn't happen. All right. Uh, next one up for me, Walt Jr. will crash the Challenger. Already marked as a miss. Did not happen. Uh, your next one, Hank dies before the end of the series. Ding, ding, ding. Hit. Got that one. Blew up the nursing home with that bomb. Oh, that's the wrong uh, color there. <laughs> uh, so that's a good one. My next one is already marked as a hit. Gus will not be killed with the ricin. So okay. Already got a point for that. Uh, that's some bullshit. Not- By the way, if we ever do this again, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to let you get away with saying things are not going to happen. <laughs> That is such a huge. A plane will not land on Walt's head. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Walt will not invent a rocket to take him to the moon. (laughs) Mark it down. I'm very certain about this. Mark it zero. (laughs) It's got to be a pot. We got to have positive predictions, not negative ones. All right. Good. Good point. Uh, Your next one is Ted will not make it out of the series alive. I think he made it out alive. Right. He was in the neck brace. Yeah. But he is still alive. Yeah. Okay. So. If you can call that living. <laughs> All right. Mark that. Uh, my next one already marked a hit, so no points. Skyler will give Ted Walt's money, and Walt will find out. Holy shit, that was a good prediction. Did you that make happened. that? Yeah. Well, don't break your arm patting yourself in the back there. Holy shit, that was a good <laughs> prediction. <laughs> What's the score right now? Uh, it's negative six me, negative seven you. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic judges of this show. Good job. Good job, Jim. Um, unfortunately, this is your last prediction coming up. So uh, it says Todd will be the first to die starting in episode 503. Mm. Yeah, I thought he'd be the first of the partners to die. The first of the uh, – I, I, in that yeah. context, is the first of Vomino's pests. 
which if you look at that oh no because mike was part of that operation too so never mind I was, about yeah. to, I was about to argue that i did win that but no i can't can't do it with a straight face okay fair enough then you finish the round you finish the series though jesus uh my next prediction, Junior will let it slip to Hank that his dad called him Jesse. Did not happen. Oh, that's a good prediction, but oh, bring on the negatives now. Yeah, now I'm you're stacking o- them up. because You're overreaching on your predictions <laughs> would be your downfall. All right. Uh, a really bold prediction here. Everyone will die, uh, which included Walt, Skyler, Walt Jr., Holly, Jesse, Mike, and Saul. Yeah, you added that in season five. Yeah, that- that's... There Not were points close. where I thought that was in contention, though. So, Villigan just didn't have it in him, I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, here, here's the other thing. The final prediction. The one that's actually going to settle this once and for all. Because right now we are tied negative eight to negative eight. <laughs> Stellar track record here. Final prediction. Hank will not turn Walt in. That is unfortunately you shit a that bet on that one. Aaron wins. <laughs> that is definitely a negative. And the final score for our series long predictions on Breaking Bad: negative nine for me, negative eight for Aaron. <laughs> give yourself give give yourself a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'll uh, drink. I'll drink to that one. We have three viewers that like to take some little credit for some correct predictions that they made. Uh, we'll judge uh, them. Amanda Gates, of course. Says, well, I can't help but gloat just a little bit regarding the song El Paso. You wouldn't believe how my heart jumped when I heard the song start playing in the tape deck as the Volvo started up. I know I didn't really have a prediction per se, but knowing where Felina comes from is very important for me to get out there, and I just knew it had a place in the show. And again, Amanda had that pegged on the second episode. Might wow. even have been the first. I actually think it was, yeah, it was the second episode because when uh, she listens, she's one of the ones that braved the spoiler sections when we mentioned that. Uh, we had uh, uh, all the, the episode titles, and she listened to Felina, and she called the El Paso song. So way to go, Amanda. Yeah. that's That was a stunning prediction. Adam J. said, I feel Walter has vindicated and validated my prediction on Jesse's threat to hit Walter where he lives. He confides in Skylar, I was good at it. I was really alive. Next time, I'm going to get you where you really live. He mentioned that Walt's only weakness is his ego, and that was where he was going to hit him. Heisenberg's legend reputation are only place Walter White has truly lived. Do we give him that, man? Because it's pretty clear that where Walt really lived in Jesse's eyes was his money. His money, yeah. Uh, he gave me. He 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 spilled a lot of digital ink defending this, but uh, I I can't give you anything better than a C on that prediction, there, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I if the next very next episode hadn't have been. Uh, Walt so frantic to get to his money because Jesse was going to burn it, then maybe. But yeah, sorry, not a bad prediction though. But yeah. uh, as 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 one uh, as a negative seven, uh, <laughs> I got it to give you a tip of the cap. Now, now from negative eight. Brian t- from Texas quotes from his original email says it doesn't play it doesn't play too deeply on these, but I think that Walt is this. He he built on Amanda's prediction, and I think this is the third episode. He said Walt is the singer. In, Fel- in in El Paso, Jesse is Felina, Hank is the cowboy. Hank tried to steal Jesse, and Jesse reluctantly went along. Walt kills Hank somehow. The uncles of anarchy are essentially a weapon of Walt, just as a gun would be in his hand. If the gun could become self-aware and turn around and shoot him too. Yeah. 
and goes back to get Jesse out of some sort of danger. What makes it satisfying is that we see Walt pay for his sins, but still can remember his last act of dying to save Jesse. This is when Jesse realizes that Walt was manipulative, evil, and could justify doing anything to preserve himself, but that he did care for Jesse and that the self-sacrifice that Walt has displayed since the first season was genuine. I give myself a B plus on this prediction. Walt didn't go back specifically to save Jesse, but he did intentionally dive on top of him when the bullets started flying. He gave Jesse the gun to kill him with, and as Jesse got into the El Camino or Ranchero to drive away, they both give each other a small nod of acknowledgement. That, hmm. I would say, was a hit. Yeah. I mean, as far as analysis goes. Sure, sure. Um, I, I w- so with these kind of longer predictions um, where you're kind of analyzing uh, big chunks of like lyrics or or the show or something – I, I kind of think they're open to interpretation, like quite a bit of interpretation. I mean, especially like stuff where the gun, you know, was a person that they're talking about in the lyrics. Um, I, I'm interested to see if we have any people talking about like the Star Trek script that Badger wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, no, see nobody hit on that. Nobody hit on that. Nobody. I mean, it's good. It's, it's fun to think about, but none of them came close to hitting. So Jesse's not Uhura. No. Okay. No, I thought uh, the, the Skyler, uh, I don't know. Uh, there were so many fucking hilarious things. Like Hank was her and yeah. his big pointies were his whatever. And <laughs> I don't know. Wendy was a her at one point. Um, that's it for the main part of the cast. We're going to get right to feedback. But first, a little bit of talking about the Bald Move. Uh, obviously, this is our last Bald Move podcast for quite some time. We have every intention... Uh, to eventually get around to the earlier seasons of Breaking Bad when we get a way to figure out how to get us a little bit more time to do this podcast. But that might be a while. So in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us, our next project is Walking Dead. Uh, after that, we'll be uh, doing... I'm not sure, but we, we'll be returning in the spring to be doing Mad Men and Game of Thrones for sure. We got some ideas of stuff. We'll be doing um, House of Cards for sure in the late yeah. winter. So if any of that stuff sounds familiar, uh, sounds interesting, check us out. The common thing is you can always find out everything we're doing currently at baldmove.com. Um, please uh, check that out. Uh, also, our be- buddies, our best buddies in Seattle, Eric and Jesse, are holding down the fort of personal arrogance. Fun fact, next week I'm going to be interviewed by them. They're going to interview me for about 15, 20 minutes, and we're going to discuss the Silk Road fiasco that's been rocking the Internet uh, of late. Uh, you can also listen to our best gal pals at the Picard Show. Uh, they call themselves an epic thrill ride of a podcast discussing women's issues, health, relationships, sex, books, and makeup. Check it out. It's super entertaining, as is Up Years Downstairs, Kelly and Tom. Uh, we brought them on board because they were kicking our ass at Downton Abbey. Yeah. Uh, to such an extent that uh, we just stopped and, and, and turned it over to them. Downton Abbey is back in full swing uh, over in Great Britannia. Uh, it's coming to the States this winter. Check out the preview episode and, and follow them on that. They're hilarious. Uh, ways you can support us. Number one, check out our Kickstarters, uh, TWD, kickstarter.baldmove.com. Uh, leave us positive re- reviews on iTunes. And again, not just us. Uh, while you're on there, while you're navigating the beast that is iTunes, check out Personal Arrogance, Because Show, Up Yours Downstairs. Give them a, couple, a little bit of love, too. Um, and also use their Amazon affiliate link, amazon.baldmove.com. Fun fact, Jim has written an article on how you can dress up to be Walt, Jesse, uh, Heisenberg, various other uh, 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 meth cook. 
Uh, he's got links to all the things you need to pull those costumes off off Amazon. Check that article out if you want to dress up as a Breaking Bad character for Halloween because I bet a lot of people are wanting to do that. Check that out. It's really cool. Um, you know what I'm actually thinking about doing? What's that? Uh, something that might make uh, a Halloween a Breaking Bad-style uh, holiday. Tonight I was actually making Skittles and candy corn vodka, infusing the flavors to soak in vodka. Yeah, uh, I saw I saw your experiment. <laughs> it's, it's it was not ninety six percent pure. No, no, not at all. I feel like Doctor Frankenstein a little bit. Um, what I'm probably going to do is get Pop Rocks and do the exact same thing. Some some crystal Are you blue insane? Pop Rocks. No oh my man, God. it's going to be awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so like I said, that tell a friend, let's get on the feedback. Cause we got a ton of it. Okay. This is our swan song to breaking bad buckle in everybody. Uh, Mike B says after watching the finale and noticing how coincidental the Jesse in a sports car escaped his new movie coming out. Uh, wait, let me start over after watching the finale and noticing how coincidental the Jesse in a sports car escape, uh, was to his new movie coming out. Uh, but I decided to leave it at that until I went to work at my local theater and saw a trailer for the new Bob Odenkirk movie, Nebraska. That's too much to be a coincidence, right? It's so much of coincidence. I didn't believe you. I thought you were putting me on. And I searched, and sure enough, he is starring in a vehicle called Nebraska. Yeah. Vince Vince went a little overboard with the uh, pimping of people's projects, I think. But since this one flew under my radar, I can't ha- hate him for it. Yeah. I So... It's not a coincidence, right? Then he saw what people were doing. Yeah, he saw what people were doing, and he just wrote that into the show in a way that worked. By the way, check out our last show's show notes if you want to see one of our listeners. They did a really funny mashup of... Did you Did you watch that, Jim? Of what? Uh, he did a mashup of the Need for Speed trailer with the final episode of Breaking Bad. Where it no. made it seem like It made it seem like the Need for Speed trailer was about Jesse's... Re- epic revenge tour. Oh man! No, see, I saw the Walking Dead Breaking Bad mashup, which was funny. No, it's really good. You should check that out. Um, and okay. He doesn't need our help promoting it because it's kind of gone viral. So good job nice. on that, Lewis R. and Cynthia B. Uh, uh, and as well as a lot of people on Facebook tipped me off to the fact that uh, Breaking Bad fans paid tribute to their favorite deceased fictional character on Friday in an Albuquerque newspaper. They t- um, they took out a. Um, a local high school teacher who was quick to point out that he is not a chemistry teacher and his students chipped in some money and took out an obituary ad for Walter White. Nice. Um, it reads, Walter White, a.k.a. Heisenberg, at 52, of Albuquerque, died after a long battle with lung cancer and a gunshot wound. Co- a co-founder of Gray Matter, Walt White, was a research chemist who taught high school chemistry and later founded a meth manufacturing empire. He survived a white Schuyler, Lambert, son, Walter Flynn Jr., and daughter Holly. A private memorial was held by his family. In lieu of flowers, donations can be made to a drug abuse prevention charity of your choice. He will be greatly missed. I thought that was pretty fun, something that the locals could uniquely celebrate. It is, yeah. It, the first thing I thought of when I saw that was that I was just wondering what people who don't understand what Breaking Bad is or have never heard of Breaking Bad thought of it because it's right on the front page. Right. On, on one of these like local papers, it's it's a little weird to see an obituary on the front page of someone who of a you know character. is not not even the official character. Yes, that's the really crazy part. But the of just someone you don't know. So people are probably looking at it going, "What is this? And why is he so important?" 
Really? You'd have to be pretty pop culture stupid to not know who Walter White is. Oh, there are plenty of people who don't know what Breaking Bad is. There's 78 year olds, maybe. <laughs> All right. So, and I'm sure we got 78 year olds. And they don't count as human beings, podcast. right? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, in general, like, when I'm 78 years old, I'm not going to know what the kids are watching. I know. Having said that, I know for a fact there's 78 year olds listening to podcasts because we got emails from them. <laughs> I, yes, I don't know I about breaking. I don't know about Breaking Bad, but uh, uh, over on Justified Mad Men, the uh, the the old folks love that shit. Sure. So I'm gonna move on before I get in too much trouble. Venturous One says, uh, "See the attached image from the closing shot of Felina." Uh, I know you guys can't see that on the podcast, uh, but he includes a, a, a clo- enclosed a, a shot of the final zoom out. Of Walter White with all the crisscrossing of the warehouse uh, roof over him. It yep. says Walter White lies dead with a black cross over his body formed by the ceiling beams of the lab. It's an inverted cross known as the Cross of St. Peter, which has represented a martyrdom less worthy than Christ for many centuries. However, in modern times, it's also been used as a satanic symbol or an anti religious symbol. I lean towards the former interpretation, not quite willing to affirm that Mr. White is the devil. He did, however, display a nearly completely irreligious stance. What do you think of that, Jim? You think do you like the upside down cross framing framing his? And I I, I kind of think that that there's a little bit to that because it makes more sense that yes, he did sacrifice himself, but he's kind of like the antichrist of sacrifices. I, I like that yeah. take on it. Uh, so I like that too. Um, I feel like I'm gonna start. I feel like I'm just shitting all over people's theories here, but do it. If you, if you look at that picture, I mean, it's all so ceiling tiles and the support structure that holds them are in squares or rectangles, obviously. So if you look at the picture, there's also a regular cross on the top end of that picture. Yeah, it's not so, quite as neatly framed as the upside down one, though. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you if you want to go with yes, this is an upside down cross. I I think that ties perfectly with the walk character. All right. Uh, you shit on him, I wipe that shit off. <laughs> Justin F. says, with the fresh snow on the ground, would cops have not looked a bit more into Walt's fresh set of tracks leading to this car he was still lurking in? Oh, I wish my I, God. I wish I hadn't thought of that because I really liked the finale and his logic would effectively end the storyline with Walt's capture. Not, He's totally right. Not a bad point. There'd be all those foot point, footprints and disturbances around the car. Um. I don't know whether you see that as a policeman and you're just trying to scan uh, scan stuff. I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, that's that's kind of a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I think he's right. Let's move on before we ruin the finale for ourselves. <laughs> Brett from Brooklyn says, I haven't really heard anybody talk about the fact that the final, final thing Walt does, dying, is actually the one stroke of bad luck. He's not killed by the Nazis or Jesse or some masterful suicide mission. Walt dies because he's accidentally hit by a ricocheting bullet. So knowing that Walt's demise is brought about by sheer chance of a stray deflecting bullet i have to wonder what was walt's plan if everything in the episode had happened as is but that bullet bounced away from walt instead of at him what was his plan to end things shoot himself suicide by cop when the police arrive surrender run to the hills we'll never know but none of his actions sound satisfactory what do you think so we, we talked talk about a little, this little bit about this yeah yeah um and, and i think we actually do know what his plan was uh his plan was to die he was just gonna yeah. have it go off and kill him along with everybody else. He's going to um, be standing in the middle of them. Yeah, but when Jesse showed up, he started feeling bad. He needed to save Jesse, so that's when he went to the floor. He wouldn't have gone to the floor had Jesse not been there. 
So that was as as that's a kind of an ad hoc uh, spur of the moment plan. I don't think he, you know, after that, I don't, I don't, I, I think his first thought was I need to save Jesse, and then, you know, I don't, I, you know, obviously he's going to die either way, but I don't think mm-hmm. he would have, I don't think he'd allowed himself to be taken alive by the cops either. No, that's why and, he asked Jesse to kill him. And again, I also think that this Walter White, if he wasn't mortally wounded, and he knew he was. If he wasn't mortally wounded, I think this Walter White could have killed himself in a way that the pilot Walter White obviously couldn't. So hmm. that's how I think it would have gone down there, Brett. Uh, ING, or ENJ says, I've been wondering how our views of the final two episodes would have been different with a simple change in the order we were shown things. What if Jesse's escape and Andrew's subsequent murder were used as a teaser in the finale instead of in Granite State? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you know what he's referring to here? Yeah, yeah. When Jesse uh, does his miraculous escape from his cage, and yeah, they like so, kill what if Andrea. what if that was the cold open or the teaser for the uh, Felina? Interesting. Um, so it would have kept a little bit of that darkness out of the Granite State, and maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 I don't know. I kind of like the change of that. It would have made me feel a lot less gross about the Granite State in the middle goings there. Yeah, it would have been probably. a shocking, shocking way to begin the the series. Yeah, and I might have actually liked Granite State a little bit more because of the focus it would have had on Walt. Yeah, um, right, because it wouldn't have gone to Jesse at all. Yeah, and that episode really was about Walt. I mean, Jesse mm-hmm. was just he he felt kind of superfluous there. You didn't that's one really of the, need a storyline. And that's one of the 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 bad things we didn't like about the the Felina is that there wasn't enough Jesse. Yeah, hmm. that might be a good change. Uh, fan edit. We need to get a fan edit on that, Jim. <laughs> all right. Um, Alex N says, with all the talk of uh, show recommendations and Frazier uh, mentioned on the last cast, kind of as a joke, I felt compelled to email and recommend Boss to you, in which Kelsey Grammer plays an egomaniac who's diagnosed with terminal illness. Sound familiar? I've heard. I know that got canceled after two seasons, but I know Seppenwall was really high on it, hmm. especially Kelsey Grammer's uh, uh, acting job and. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind catching up on that in one of the off seasons we have. Yeah, definitely. I'm. I'm not opposed to watching a Kelsey Grammer show. I just never got into Frasier. I uh, got right. to Cheers a little bit, but not much. Yeah, and yeah, Cheers is really good. No, like, but it was kind of before my time. The reruns were just going off the air when I was watching TV. It is, but I'm surprised how well it kind of holds up. Uh, you know, other than the hairstyles yeah. and the clothing, it's still <laughs> a really entertaining show if you catch it on like Nick or not, Nick at Night or some of the other. Uh, my TVs or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam N says, in light of the explosion and ratings for the final season of multiple cast members, including most impor- importantly, Brian Cranston being on record as having wished the series had been able to run longer. I'd like to posit an admittedly remote scenario that I think would be cool. Alternate final seasons, more original breaking bad without the risk of Villigan's primary worry, which is stretching the story too thin and the idyllic world of my mind in which no one is doing press video or doing press for video game adaptations or Godzilla remakes. Who's doing a Godzilla remake? Oh, uh I'm assuming he's not fucking with us, right? No, fuck no. It's it uh, it's some guy who did another monster movie kind of like it. Um I I'm, I'm really excited for it actually. But, I think it's going to be old school Bad? Godzilla. Who I'm breaking bad. Is doing oh, a Godzilla reboot. I I don't think it's anything to do with Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, cast and crew are free to go back to the end of the season four and jump to the space-time continuum, multiple passes of histories with characters we love. 
The death of Gus Fring and Heisenberg, it's over. I won line from the show with a wide canvas to play on. Imagine, for instance, Mike returning from Mexico with Jesse not being able to broker a peace between Mike and Walt. The amazing battle for Jesse's soul could continue, possibly with Jesse under Mike's tutelage and protection as they work at cross-purposes with Walt. The filled a void where half of Gus's face used to be. I won't go on and on about the detail about what I think would be cool, but any alternate season five change chances to write my two biggest gripes, the manner of my, Mike's death and my least favorite aspect, of the entire series, Jesse's arc and five B and Flynn never getting into, I don't know the bath salt game. It'll never happen. But if Hollywood is ever going to jump on an idea like this now seems to be the perfect storm shit with Jeffrey Katzenberger willing to put down 75 million for three more episodes. What did Jim and Aaron think? I think that's an awesome idea. There's a couple of awesome ideas here. Number one, I think it would be cool to have like some kind of Pulp Fiction style. Select a, 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 a timeline of Breaking Bad and delve into that from an, a, a secondary character's point of view. Like, for example, it'd be cool to see season three and four entirely from Gus Fring and Mike's point of view. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, when um, Walt comes onto the scene and he's kind of messing up their operation and... They don't know what to whether or not to take him on because of Jesse. That would be fascinating. Two, I would love to see a miniseries. And and it doesn't even have to be AMC. HBO could pick this up. A miniseries, like a 12-episode miniseries about the original Poyos Hermanos, Max and Gus, how they met. Um, like how, like divide that shit up to three chapters. Um, mm-hmm. how they met, like in the, the mean streets of uh uh, oh shit! Col- what? They're not from Colombia, Pinochet. It's uh, uh, Chile. Chile. Um, how they gr- met? Uh, the middle part of them when they're becoming successful and they're trying to get the attention of the drug cartel, and it ends in Max's slaughter at the pool. And the third act, which is Gus's coming to America and establishing his chicken empire. God, that'd be awesome. Who would not be down for that? The first part would be four episodes. Second part, four episodes. Third part, four episodes. HBO could do that Band of Brothers style right now and just print money. See, Who would not is, be into that? This is the problem I have with Better Call Saul is that there are better stories out there to tell than this minor character. Are you telling me Giancarlo Esposito would not jump at, 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 do, at being involved in that project? Oh, I'm sure he would. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be righteous. Um, there's a couple other – I mean, I, I, I'm, that, that's just a couple of ideas. But mm-hmm. if, if, and, and then the fact if they want to do like an alternate, like a what-if style reimagining where like yeah. Mike and Walt went to war, mm-hmm. that would be cool. Um, th- I, I think that's got some legs if they, if they chose to do it that way. I don't know. Honestly, the best shot of that happening now, unfortunately, is if Better Call Saul is a runaway hit. (laughs) Yeah, then they move on to Better Call Gus. Yeah, if that season, if that season one got is 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 a really big hit and people's appetite for these characters in different formats, or just I could I could totally see something like that happening. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Before we move on, I was totally wrong about the Godzilla tie, and Brian Cranston is starring in that. What? (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you, man, this thing is actually supposed to be good. Dude, I love Godzilla. Yeah, Not no the shitty Matthew Broderick, but Man oh, in course. Suit Godzilla was awesome. Yeah. That's like a staple of me growing up and you know, broadcast on Sammy Terry on Channel 4. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about it. So We need to talk about that offline. Um, <laughs> All right. Paul J. asks, when Walt was trying to steal the car and he's looking in the mirror and say, just get me home, I'll do the rest. Is that A, Walt talking to Walt? B, Walt talking to the car? 
or, and this is my pick, see Heisenberg talking to Walt. When he's praying in the car? Yeah, is he talking sort of, you know, is he talking to God? Is he talking to Walt, like giving himself a pep talk? Is he talking to the car? Like, come or on, is baby. Heisenberg just... talking to Walt? I, yeah. Mm, I don't know. The, the, the only reason I say that he was probably praying to an actual deity of some kind is because that's kind of how they made it sound in the Insider cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that's the actual answer. But I, I really do like the idea that that is Heisenberg. Uh, saying that to Walt. All right, let me hit you with the long-form take from Josh and Maine related. He says, many have commented on the prayer that Walt makes in the Volvo while attempting to steal it. My first impression was Walt talking to Heisenberg. They're an instant cast. Someone mentioned that it was a Gollum moment for Walt, and it was kind of creepy. That's about as close as anyone else has commented, but let me go a little bit deeper. Uh, Walt has justified his actions by saying he's doing it for my family since the beginning. This is where the Jekyll and Hyde stuff begins. Both aspects of himself are aware of each other, as it has been shown over and over again that Walt acts as Heisenberg at times, and Heisenberg acts like Walt once in a while. For example, when we see through the facade and remember the man he used to be, Walt at his core has bounced back and forth between those two aspects of himself throughout the whole series. Initially, it was a challenge to become Heisenberg, but over time it became easier and easier as the line between Walt and Heisenberg became blurred. After being disappeared to New Hampshire, Walt was, uh, has to face the harsh reality that he can't live like this anymore. The outer reality is far greater than the inner struggle he's been dealing with as his cancer creeps back through his body. After Ed brings him in some newspapers, Walt clips out pertinent articles involving Skyler and the aftermath of everything he caused. He pins them up over his bed so that even on days when he's too weak to get up, he still sees them. I believe it took this physical situation to help Walt realize that he is just one man and that his actions as Heisenberg were, in truth, as his own. Let me see if I can skip. This is a lengthy email. Let me see if I can uh, skip ahead a bit. Um, it says, you know, he says that you can, you can debate and discuss whether Walter Heisenberg, uh, was manifest in various scenes throughout the series, but he believes in the finale, it's all Walt. And by that mean, he means a complete unified Walt. He realized Heisenberg is a stronger, darker part of himself. So he speaks that aspect and says, just get me home. I'll handle the rest. Heisenberg has the strength to get through tough situations and not care about the consequences uh, as the finale continues, we see Walt be stealthy, intimidating, and crafty. Each of these actions is a mix of classic Walt and Heisenberg. He plays a delicate balance between each aspect to both maneuver and gain sympathy from each person he contacts. Skylar, the person who knew him the most uh, authentically before all this began, is the only person who sees 100% pure Walt. When he says he did it for himself, that he enjoyed it, that's just Walt. At that moment, we do- After that moment, we don't see Heisenberg again. What do you think of that take? That basically this, the finale episode was him having the good Superman versus bad Superman fight in the compactor and (laughs) Jesus, good Superman. (laughs) I I love working that analogy. No, that's a solid analogy, but God, it's a terrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'll debate you on that. Have you seen it lately? No, I haven't. It's pretty, I mean, Richard Pryor's hilarious. The drunk Superman is brilliant. The compactor fight is awesome. And, you know, if you can kill sentient computers by throwing hydrochloric acid or sulfuric acid on them, what more do you need? Uh, Your thoughts? Anyway, uh, Yeah, so, I mean, this is not far off from, I think, opinion that I've expressed on the podcast um, about the terms that Walt came to with Heisenberg. I am – he's saying that they actually became one there and kind of – you know, did a little bit more than just shake hands and say, okay, we're going to work together. Uh, and I think he's probably right. I think, um, 
for for it to play out like it did, for Walt to go back and try to make things as right as he could, and for him to then die in the lab doing what he loved and realizing that that was uh, his fate and that is what he actually loved is that that's indicative of what Walt has become at that point and and the merging of Heisenberg and Walt. All right. I think you and uh, uh, everyone else has said enough on that topic. Yeah, yeah, we've um, talked about it a lot. We got another long-form one from our old pal D. Candlish, who is a self-confessed Walter hater. Uh, but she learned to quit love uh, worrying and love the Walt at the end of the episode. As she uh, explains, I just want to put in my bit about Walt and his karma. I have heard various people complain that Walt didn't really get a just punishment or that Vince didn't really keep to his own mantra of karma. I disagree completely. I've been pretty vocally anti-Walt since from the beginning. I found him unlikable early on as a total nice guy. And he got progressively worse until he crossed over to complete sociopathic evil genius territory. Few people want to see Walt pay more than me. And my fear for the final episode was that whatever punishment he received wouldn't be enough. But in the finale, uh, she said, I always want to see, wanted to see that was Walt take full responsibility for everything he's done and all the lives he destroyed in the process. And the finale does just that. And I realized at this point that was enough for me. I get that he couldn't fix everything. Hank and Gomi and Mike and Jane and Andrea and so on are still dead. Skylar's life is still a mess, and she may be held legally responsible for involvement in his crimes. Flynn still hates his father. Jesse's probably irrevocably broken. But by the time Walt has been, uh, but by all this time, Walt has been the ultimate addict, always excusing and blaming until he finally hits rock bottom when Flynn yells hateful words to him and realizes he has lost his family forever no matter what he does next. Uh, what he does then is his own version of a step program by taking responsibility and making amends where he can. He still dies, so he doesn't get off scot-free, but at least he can die knowing that he tried to fix at least some things. Heisenberg isn't totally gone. He kills Lydia in cold blood and guns down the Nazis out of revenge. What do you make of that, that Walt is kind of playing out the various steps in the 12-step program? He's, uh, you know, he's, he's going around, he's admitting... That uh, he's 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 powerless. He's making he's apologizing and making amends for the people that he's wronged. What do you make of that? Uh, I don't know what the other steps are. Honestly, I don't. I don't. Either. I don't know any of the steps. So <laughs> uh, I I don't know what to make. I think of it. one of them is a stop drinking alcohol, and he did leave that full <laughs> tumbler of of whiskey on on the counter. So uh-huh. there's one of them. Sure, he should have stopped drinking uh, alcohol seasons ago. Might have kept him out of all this trouble. Uh, she also broke down Jesse's karma. She did Skylar too, but we're running short on time. Jesse, who did many bad things, but also had many attempts at making amends or turning himself around, gets to live and is presumably free. He paid tenfold for his crime, so it's only right he should be the one that gets to walk away. What's also obvious to me in hindsight is that he would obviously be the one to take down Todd. For most seasons, I thought the ending would come down to a battle between Walt and Jesse. And Jesse would surely have to kill Walt after everything he's done. But to have the final battle actually be between, be between Todd was masterful. Todd and Jesse was masterful and had been building since the moment Todd gunned down that kid. Todd is ostensibly similar to, but in reality, the polar opposite of Jesse. Not naturally talented at science, but eager to learn. Cold, clinical, and obedient, respectful. He did not give a second thought to the effects of his crimes. Todd was Jesse's evil twin. The good twin has to kill the bad twin. That's just how it works. Nice. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I mean, there are some parallels between Todd and Jesse, mostly as it relates to Walt, you know. 
Right. Um, but as a trope, if you got a you got a good twin and an evil twin, the good twin's got to kill the evil one. We've seen it in Michael My- Knight and Garth Knight. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've seen William it in Superman, Riker and evil Thomas Superman. Riker. Right. Was Thomas Riker evil? He did join like the what was that? The yeah, he had a goatee. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he also joined like the Anti Federation. And that's true, yeah. Iroquois, was that what their name was? So are, are you arguing that William was the evil one? <laughs> no. I'm, well, I don't know. I mean... You're arguing like that a, neither of them are evil. Uh, I would say that... that that uh, What was it? Thomas Riker's the Diet Coke of evil. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark Brown says, As many people, I've never been so affected by a show, and especially by one character, and after one of you mentioned a few weeks ago how cool it would be to see some of the newspaper articles Walt has on the wall... In New Hampshire, I decided to go fucking crazy and mock up a newspaper front page reporting on the events of Felina. Largely as a cathartic exercise and as a fond farewell. As with all things Breaking Bad, every detail means something. There are tons of things to notice, all relating to various characters, events, and episodes. Can you spot them all? Uh, He emailed me an image of this newspaper, which I will be glad to uh, link to on our site. Um, So just want to let you guys know if you wanted to, you know, have a hypothetical front page Albuquerque newspaper breaking down the craziness of Felina. Mark Brown has done it for you. Uh, He's the the first of several fan projects I'm going to link here. Um, Josh P says, I feel like it would have been better if Walt had told her that uncle Jack and crew were all dead and just said, feel better Lydia and hung up. If some audience members didn't get it, screw them. The rest of us would have figured it out. And more importantly, Lydia would be maybe have an inkling that Walt had done something, but no certainty. And as the symptoms progressed and she did realize Walt had defeated her and even tipped his hand, it would be too late. I actually think that's strong. Yep. I, I, don't min- I don't mind the phone call so much as him just completely said, yeah, I poisoned you. Har, har, LOL. Yeah. Uh, you know, G-F-A-O-D. Uh, so I, I, I just think that if he had been, been like, yeah, I hope you feel better and just hung up, that would have been good because again, it's kind of open question about whether that would actually kill her if she got medical attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it was too heavy handed. Like the listeners saying, he also says PS fair warning. I'm going to send you my argument that breaking bad is best of the wire for best TV series ever. I know what you're saying. Fair warning. We're not going to read it fair enough, but I got to get off my chest. I actually haven't seen that email, Josh P I'm, I'm. Looking forward to matching wits with you because honestly, I haven't got that sorted in my own mind. Um, I do because The Wire has a very problematic fifth season. If they had stopped at season four, I would say you go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, but they kind of they kind of stumbled. So um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to getting that. Chelsea W said I have a different take on the part of the episode where Jesse is daydreaming while cooking meth. When I initially watched the po- that part, I thought it was a flash forward of Jesse's free life. I pictured that was him in Alaska, whether it was the actual location or just a theory of his whereabouts. Further in the scene, he was built thicker, more muscular, similar to his build in season five. Jesse's much skinnier in the first couple of seasons. What do you guys think? I actually hope you're right. I hope he's in Alaska building boxes. Yeah, building stash boxes for the local smoke shop. Yeah, and why couldn't he be, you know? Yeah. Got his young Sarah Palin by his side. Jesus. I don't know. Um, Graham yeah. H. says, fun fact, there's 62 episodes in the series. The 62nd element of the periodic table is samarium, which is a chemical used to help fight lung cancer. Wow. All right. I don't even know if that's true, but if it is, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I don't know that it's intentional, 
That's why Gilligan wouldn't do three more episodes. That's right. That's why he demanded 16 instead of, you know, yeah. the, the usual 13. Yeah, then it would have been like bury him or some shit and it wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> That's why there's the, the you know, uh, everything almost broke down because he's like, we got to get to 62. We got to get to 62. And AMC and Sony were like, you're crazy, man. He's like, nope, got to get to 62. So it's yep. attention to detail, man. Josh K says, I started watching, rewatching the first uh, few episodes of season one. I think part of the reason the last episode felt a little bit mechanical to some people is that it mirrors the first season, uh, episode so well. There are so many callbacks, passing out on the bathroom floor, the keys in the RV when it almost didn't start, killing the bad guys through science, first with poison gas and then with a robot gun. A bad guy who didn't quite die and wanted to strike a deal, a close call with that Walt that Walt thought were the police, but was really firemen in episode one. In other words, it's the very nature of the show, the scientific nature of the show, with chirals as mirrors and all that change and transformation talk in the hmm. first episodes that made the ending feel so mechanical and checkbox of some people. The ending of the show had to be the way it was if it was going to fit so perfectly with the very beginning of the show. And Villigan said as much when he referenced the chemistry speech in interviews before the final episode. What do you think, man? You like I that? I like take? that a lot, especially in light of the the what you know what Walt's talking about with chirality in the first episode. Yeah, it's almost like this series had to eat its own tail. You know, it, it, yeah. it kind of unfolded in this big arc and then it came down, but, it, but by the time it exited, it was at the same point plot wise construction mechanically. I like that take a lot. Yeah. And the one element that has changed here is Walt's personality and look how much damage it has done. Just like he's talking about with uh, the birth defects uh, coming resulting from the one change in that element. Right on. Dave from Tokyo said, I just had a couple thoughts I want to throw out there. I understand some of the criticisms of the finale, but the one thing that drove me crazy was the clump of critics that basically said the writers ended up on Team Walt all along and questioned the morality of the show. I found that to be incredibly shallow criticism and way off base. To me, the finale struck a perfect balance of melancholy and victory. And while it may seem simplistic from a plot perspective, I found it rather deep in terms of character. There's a lot of devastation that can't be made right with his family and a lot of speculation about the future. Rather than one note everyone dies ending that could have been given, Villigan chose to give something a little bit more mixed that, to me, is more in keeping with everything that had come before and even speaks to our mixed feelings about Walt. I also want to stand up for Granite State, as I thought it did a fantastic job of setting up the finale as Walt had all those months alone in the cabin contemplating and coming to realizations about everything that had happened and basically coming to terms with himself and his motivations all along. Without that episode, the finale would not have been nearly as satisfying. That's why I think Granite State, as painful as it is, and as an essential episode, that justifies the finale. I actually have come around to that view, honestly. Yeah, amen. I agree with everything in this email. I, I, um, I said that I liked Granite State when it aired because of the tone of it, and that tone, like he says, is totally necessary going into that finale. I think that you're right, that that Felina, as much fan service as we got, would have felt hollow without the brutality of the Granite State. Um, and I it's and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure my, my thoughts on the episode will continue to evolve, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. I've learned I've 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 kind of learned to grudgingly accept that, especially now that we know how the finale turned out. Uh, Colin D. said in the Felina podcast, you described the DEA's investigation of the Nazi compound as open and shut. With respect to the meth lab, yes, I think the DA would assume Walt was cooking for the Nazis, but why is the multiple homicide open and shut? Does the <laughs> DEA pin the murders on Walt? 
If he's been cooking meth for them for six months, why kill them? Walt doesn't appear to have been the sh- prisoner, a prisoner, right? And if Walt was a shooter, why would he have been shot by his own gun? Presumably the DA will find a picture of Andrea and Brock. Maybe they find Jesse's fingerprints on the gun. Perhaps these shootings are pinned on Jesse. At the very least, I think this is an open case for a long time. That's hard to argue with. Yeah. The robot gun in the trunk is going to be... Uh, I mean, I don't know. It seems like that maybe the DEA would want to sweep all this under the rug because of the embarrassing nature of the Gus and Heisenberg and Agent Schrader being involved somehow or this happened under his nose. That's the only thing I can say, but you raise very good points there, Colin. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. John M. said, I watched the pilot episode again for the first time since 2008, and one thing struck struck me about the Hank-Walt relationship. At Walt's 50th birthday party, a gloating Hank was goading Walt to go with him on a DEA bus as a civilian ride-along. It sounded like Walt wasn't interested, but he finally relented. He mentioned that Walt needed a little bit more exciting in his boring life, uh, and that makes it interesting the event that, that the event set the story in motion. Walt seeing Jesse climbing out the window at the ride-along bus site, Walt being curious as what the chemical processes Jesse was using, and so on. Hank was kind of an asshole in that first episode, not saying he deserved to die over it, but is one of the seminal plots that ties that makes Breaking Bad so great that a mean, fully himself Hank contributed to the chain of events that led to the Heisenberg monster that led to Hank's tortured and eventually fatal interaction with him. Yup. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, can't say it any better. Nathan from North Carolina says, what's up, bitches? Now that is all said and done, what's your favorite Breaking Bad song? What is your favorite Dave Porter track? And what is your favorite oh. track by other artists? You go a lot of, and, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a chance because I know you haven't meditated about this. This feedback's my bag, bag baby. Yeah. I'm going to give his take. I'm going to give my take. And then I'm going to get your take. Okay. Fair enough. Sure. Uh, for pure badassness, I vote for Hank's Last Stand by Dave Porter. This track takes us from the contemplative moment with Walt in custody in the back seat to the rushing adrenaline of the arrival of Jack's crew. The musical cue when we first see Jack's car is perfect. I love this track. As for music selection from other artists, I'll stay in the same vein of badassness. My vote goes for the Bonfire by Knife Party. This song is the one featured when Walt buys his 300. Excuse me, leases his 300. It's not the best Breaking Bad song, but I've been rocking out this song for a while, and it's still on my playlist. In Felina, I thought the Badfinger song didn't quite work. Lyrics perfect, sure, but it felt a little too loud and proud and just didn't trip my trigger for the final song. I know I'm in a minority on this one. With so many awesome songs and musical cues in Breaking Bad, even small stuff like uh, Tom's, Todd's, Thomas Dolby ringtone have impact. So that's his take. My two favorites for external music, I can't – I love Truth by Alexander. That's the one that played when Walt – at the end of the first episode of season four when Walt was walking uh, uh, away from, from Skyler in a home wearing his Kenny Rogers T-shirt and his white jeans. I love that song. It was so cool. It was so awesome. Uh, and for my favorite musical crew, um, man, the song that played during the buyout cold open, uh, where they were dissembling Drew's, um, uh, where they're disassembling that, that Drew kids, uh, yeah. and motorbike 
and melting him down. I mean, I described at the time that that was like lunar and haunting. And then when they got around to Drew, Drew's actual body, it turned so dark and yeah. twisted. I still get chills thinking about it. That's my favorites, Jim. What about yours? Uh, I don't know the name of the song. As, as far as like a uh, musical track, I guess, that um, that is not Dave Porter created, it's probably... Uh, I could be cliched and say Crystal Blue Persuasion because that was freaking awesome. Yep. But I really think it was Stay Out of My Territory. That moment when that song is playing in the background, it's just like got this perfect intensity to it. Um, and almost a certain joy that Walt is back in the game. <laughs> is that season uh, two or three? I think it's season three. No, it might be season two. Man, that was a long I'm time ago. It, I'm thinking it might have been season two. Um, um, I I, th- I want to say it's music on the radio, or I'm sorry, TV on the radio rather. Uh, it's one of their songs, I think. Yeah, episode ten over. Um, TV on the radio by DLZ. Yeah, or it's it's TL- DLZ by TV on the radio rather. Yeah, that was such a freaking awesome moment, and the music is what really made it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and it's this similar moment to uh, uh, the the one that I picked. Honestly, what about your favorite Dave Porter track? Favorite Dave Porter, uh, similar to why I like that that TV on the radio song is, uh, it's really a toss up here between Crawl Space where where it's just that pounding boom, yeah, boom, boom, boom yeah. While Walt boom. is freaking the fuck out, uh, that was incredible. But I think that was mostly due to what was happening at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably my favorite was Granite State, um, where they did the full length version of the theme song uh, that no dude that was so good so good because right. you don't ever get to hear that song even though you know there's more to that theme song and just the so context you, you, get to, it in. you get to hear it on, on every episode on the dvds yeah Which but if not you didn't the- know that's a good reason to get him because he has an original remix uh of the theme song on on the credits of every uh, every Breaking Bad that you never get to hear because AMC walks all over it. Yeah, yeah. But when you're watching the show on TV, I imagine most people uh, probably aren't getting DVDs. I don't know. Another run up for me is the train heist. That is Which really part? awesome. The part where Pulse they're about to take track. off. No, the whole time. The whole time that they're playing. That's this fast paced music and the way it drops and kind of goes. You know the minimalist and the, the the points that it needs to be, and then it picks up the p- pace again. It's another standout piece by him. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I think we did that justice. Trevor R., we're getting towards the bottom of the bag. Um, Trevor R. says, I have a problem with all this fucking Shakespeare references. As an actor, I played – see, this – I was prepared for this email to go another way, and it totally went a different one. Okay. He says, as an actor, I played King Claudius in Hamlet. And I think the connection is a bridge too far with Elliot and Gretchen. Recently, I was casted in a production of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. When I read the script, I found an eerie correlation between Breaking Bad and Frankenstein. In the play, Victor Frankenstein is very prideful of his studies and his fascination with death, and he uses them to create a monster. Uh, so he says the Frankenstein's Walter White. Uh, death is adrenaline and feeling aliveness, and the cancer, and he uses them to create a monster, which is the blue crystal blue meth. Slowly but surely, the monster kills off each of his family members in a direct and indirect ways until Victor Frankenstein dies, but not from the monster, but by his prideful nature to be right. 
Everyone around them is dead or damaged from his pridefulness and his creation. And romanticism, the bad guy is usually heralded as the good guy. And the reason he's bad is because of society. Was Jesse the interpretation of the effects of illegal drugs? And uh, is all this shit true? Call me crazy or call me really crazy, but these stories seem to fit at points. Did Villigan use Frankenstein as a reference? Now, if you want to go really deep, read the Greek mythology of Prometheus on which Frankenstein is based off of. It feels it fits Breaking Bad like a gas station 75-cent condom. Is that a good <laughs> fit? Just to say loose. Very or, loose. Or too tight. My or too tight, maybe. I don't well, know. Yeah, my experience with cheap condoms is they're too tight. Well, you buy the Magnums, you know. It might be a little loose. I don't know. <laughs> Too tight. I don't know, man. I, uh, so there are many, many copies of these stories out there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Shakespeare is kind of known for inventing some of these, uh, which is why they everybody kind of traces the roots back to those. But like, I'm sure there are a bunch of modern rom-coms that have very similar Shakespearean-type stories <laughs> that you could also say Breaking Bad is a... Uh, parallel to okay i don't know so I, i'm sure there are tie-ins to frankenstein i'm sure there are tie-ins to uh 10 things i hate about you like they're everywhere we're too fucking ignorant to discuss them is what jim's trying to say yeah pretty much <laughs> um mike f said how do you think the show would play out as a viewer without knowledge of season series finales this is a crazy thought experiment let's see if if, if we want to follow him down his rabbit hole for example, if you gave someone an impossibly long DVD containing every episode in a row and they didn't know how long the DVD would run, how different would the experience be? This is like huh. this is like when um, Chuck Klosterman comes on the BS report. This is the shit that he propounds to Bill, and it's always fascinating. Uh, would they consistently be on the edge of their seat thinking Walt would die, especially at the end of season four, and then crushed when it finally happened? Do you think the element of surprise for the finale would make it play better? Would What would be the most stressful moment? Box cutter? Full measure? Face off? You would be unbearable. I just did my best Chuck Klosterman. <laughs> I love the final season, and as of right now, Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. But this week, I will be starting The Wire. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Okay, so let's break this down. If you were a viewer and you'd never seen television before, you didn't know the classic structure of the finale and the pilot and all that kind of stuff, and it was just a long-form piece of entertainment, do you think that would change the way you watch Breaking Bad? More bathroom breaks, for one. Sure. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it would totally change the tone of a lot of stuff because I know in season two that Walt is not going to die, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm... I don't know, 24 hours into this thing i'm like i'm looking at my watch thinking oh man walt could go at any moment right so yeah i mean jesse puts a gun to his head i'm thinking this is the moment in season four this is it right. Walt's done but i know as a viewer that it has another season there's no way he can die right so yeah it what- fundamentally changes it I was thinking of how Breaking Bad would be different if it was like a traditional two-and-a-half-hour Hollywood movie. Because oh, you geez. could almost see like the first season, if they stuck to the original thing where, where Jess, Jesse died and, and Walt died, and then they just make it easy to where he dies at the end too. Um, I think that would be a really interesting retelling of the story as well. It would be a completely different storytelling. I think it would be much more sympathetic to Walt. 
because it doesn't have time for him to go full Scarface on everybody. Either that or it would make Walt look a whole lot more insane um, and just and kind of power mad because he would have to do it in such a short amount of time that he would go from Crazy 8 to Gus Fring in like 30 minutes. Okay. Um, anything else to say on this moment? No. Or this, this is the idea. Uh, Grant S. says, um, as a small gesture to pay back both the Breaking Bad fans and us personally, he put together a video tribute to the show. He says he's never done a fan video before, but uh, he's proud of this one. He's, he chose the voiceover effects the, um, and used stuff from the final season, um, and he did uh, all the editing himself. He also chose a song that he thinks worked well and edited the footage to match in subtle ways. And thought yeah. we'd enjoy it. I took a look at it. It is actually pretty good. I thought it's a fitting. It, it's a, a nostalgic look back, a poignant look back at Breaking Bad. I'm going to put that also in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. Good yeah, job that, by you, Grant. That was freaking awesome. I love the whatever kind of filter he was using to kind yeah. of give it those, those tones, the colors. It was cool. Right on. Maria V said a while back you guys talked about how Heisenberg had surpassed Scarface and his evilness due to the fact that he'd sunk to the new low of hurting children. I took a film class many years ago and recalled a professor saying something along the lines of killing children on screen was taboo in Hollywood. This is back in the 90s. Do you think if Scarface had been made today that Tony Montana character would have not drawn that line? Hmm. I just wonder if Scarface's code was more a convention of the era in which it was made. I don't know, man. Killing kids is still beyond the pale. And I've heard that even in, like, prison culture, like, the one sure way to have a miserable experience in prison is to be known that you're either a child murderer or molester. Yeah. Like, you are the lowest of low scum, and everybody will, will, will see to it that you have an unpleasant time. So what are you saying about Vince Gilligan? (laughs) What? (laughs) That he's willing to go there in his television. I hope he never has to go to prison, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Actually, Viz would be a rock star in prison, I'm almost certain. Probably, yeah. Because there's so many fans. Can you, I mean, I'm sure they let people watch Breaking Bad in prison, and I'm sure it was super popular. Uh, yeah, it probably was. I, I don't know. I mean, you got to think. So everything that comes before Breaking Bad kind of uh, colors our judgment of it. So, like, the idea that, you know, he could go full Scarface isn't enough if you really want to push the edge, right? You've got to okay. go past Scarface, and that's what Vince Gilligan did, I think. Uh, so if you had swapped those, if if uh, Heisenberg had been the guy who, you know, just gunned down a whole bunch of people and went crazy, um, Scarface might have been now in the 2013s uh, the guy who... You know, kills kids doesn't doesn't have a problem with that. Uh, I don't know. It, that would be such a structural change of the film. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I and again, I, I don't know that. I, I'm trying to think of even today. Usually, when kids are killed, it's not really on screen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't usually see a kid is blasted in the face. Yeah, because it's very disturbing. Sure. Um so I don't know. I mean, it's it's a debatable point. This is the last email, Jim. The oh, last email for Breaking Bad. This is it. This is the end. This is the Arthelina uh. moment. 
Let's see if uh, Anne from Huntington Beach kills us with the trunk-mounted machine gun. She says, I didn't hear you guys or listeners talk about the final moment when we see a shot of Walt's reflected face in a mach- metal machine as she touches the blood as he touches the blood to its surface and then slides away. I'm going to dig at that moment because I think it was really powerful. Fitting that the last scene of the show is our last email. Yeah. I wonder how that happened. She says, Walt's face warped into metal. In a lot of ways, I think that was reality. really our last shot of Walt truly and physically alive. And it's fitting that in the end, it is not a proud, full-on headshot of the camera, but only a mere reflection and a warped one at that. Hmm. And to contrast this rather pathetic last glimpse of his life, Walt dies, and then only then does he seem to deserve that great panning shot that endures or uh, endures uh, that imbu- – I, I think she says imbues the gravitas he thought he deserved in life. Uh, I also want to mention the touch of blood upon the machine. This felt very symbolic and sacramental to me. If you could say the metal machine was sort of a totem of his meth business, him placing his own blood upon it symbolized blood for blood, my debt has been paid. Maybe not in full, but in part anyway. And as soon as that action is done, he can now die. Obviously, I don't think that was Walt's intention in the act, but visually, I like to think that that's what's being symbolized. I love this shot because in one moment it showed that Walt had all that Walt had become and what he eventually had to pay, all through visual cues. Granted, it could be just another break, cool Breaking Bad shot and not mentioned to be this much but it's fun to theorize anyway that's a decent mission statement for the show there's so many things we analyzed that didn't amount to anything but it was fun to theorize anyway hell yeah it was yeah it was that's uh, that's what's that's what's it, this show is going to be super hard to replace in Mad Men too because not every television show even really good ones lend themselves a really in-depth analysis and just navel gazing and falling down that rabbit hole man like even justified as good as it is is a pretty conventional recap compared to breaking bad and mad men and some of these others yeah i mean even the small bit of thought that i'm i'm sure vince gilligan puts into these sort of things that the fans you know quote unquote pick up on um that goes a long way towards uh, allowing fans to do that. I mean, if we know that Vince Gilligan is doing that at least to some level, then we, that gives us license to then go and really speculate. Yeah, and, and that's the fun us. part of it. That's that's <laughs> uh-huh. that's the thing that I absolutely loved about the Lost community was yeah. the speculation, and we actually knew that a lot of thought went into kind of what they were placing on the sets and and like things that you saw in the background uh, would come into play later. And I think Vince Gilligan is doing a little bit of that, not a ton of it, but uh, the callbacks that he makes then give us, you know, that license to theorize. Absolutely agree. The fact that we know he does pay so much attention to the dress and the color scheme and the fact that he does deliberately put foreshadowing elements in. uh, And they are aware, so aware, because they've had the same group of writers as, you know, for almost the whole time. And that they mm-hmm. all are fans of the material and they can pull stuff from season two and build on it and make it seem like it wasn't foreshadowing at the time. We know that. But they've got yeah. such a rich history and awareness of it that they can pull stuff in that and make it seem in retrospect like foreshadowing. That is why, you know, it's kind of like the opposite of The Wire where, you know, in that case, the showrunners had a story and they put things deliberately in the first few seasons that paid off. And the last season, Vince did it the opposite. He just had a lot of rich detail and layers, and they, they mm-hmm. then play. They use those layers to build on to the future and make it seem like the past was prologue. 
Yeah, and absolutely. That's why, you know, the more I think of it, the more I think that it's got to be and, – and for my money, The Wire and Breaking Bad has got to be 1A, 1B, and which one you put up on top is, is depending on you. But they're the only shows that have that – myth arc that that consistent storyline that stuff that happens in the first season is is just as meaningful in the final season as it was at in, in the time that it happened and and have those things that just every little detail that you have to pay attention to um i think mad men has a little bit of that but it's because it's such a well-constructed world um and, and these, it's, it's and the it's, characters are the thing, the thing that is kind of the beacon here telling us you know, these characters are going to behave a certain way, and we know to look for that because we know the characters so well. That's the um, thing, and that's why I, I feel like even though it's an excellent show, it's a lower bar, a barrier difficulty because Breaking Bad and The Wire are plot-driven shows. Mad Men is character-driven. So you have these characters and their tendencies that continue to layer on, and you can put this character in a new season and give them a situation to kind of watch them play. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing mechanically in season one that links Don to where he is in season five. The season five Don yeah. is the accumulation of his experiences, but it's not like, you know, his brother hanging himself led mm-hmm. to an, another thing that led to another thing that led to another thing that led to Pete Campbell uh, killing himself through autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, those things for have example. all changed. <laughs> Just for example, uh, those things have all changed Don Draper himself. And that's yes. kind of the touchstone. Uh, it's just him yes. going through this world. Uh, I, I feel but, like Mad Men does some really cool thematic stuff that maybe Breaking Bad yes. doesn't do. Um, yes. But but you're right. It's not like a plot-driven sort of thing. No one was saying in season four and five, you know, I really need to see Don's brother Adam's uh, death pay off. Like exactly. If, if we never see it mentioned again, that's that's just going to feel like it's a un, un, uh, uh, an empty part. Like, no, that that's not that show. The yeah. fact that they call back to it eventually, you know, is a nice little bonus. But no one has this where people were having thoughts like, you know, if we don't get to see Jane, that that resolution, we're going to feel cheated. And that's yeah. the mechanical plot driven nature of Breaking Bad. And the fact that Vince largely freaking nailed it is because mm-hmm. m- a lot of shows plot driven don't do that. Lost or x-files aren't um you know the list goes on and on not very many are able to successfully stick that it it also feels so right given the theme or uh, i'm sorry not the theme the uh the nature of who walter white is i mean he's a chemist he's a science teacher uh those kind of we see him using science all the time to get out of his situations that kind of plot driven show fits really well with this plot driven character with this scientific logical character you know yep perfect perfect blend of characters with theme and mechanics honestly yeah i'm really gonna miss it this is my favorite show and it's gone now it's gone Mm -hmm. uh i'll still be talking about it just in uh reduced capacity i'm sure yeah it's gonna be uh i'm sure in years ahead i'll be saying things like if i learned anything from six years of watching breaking bad it's that it's going to be similar to the the wire. It's just such a huge cultural touchstone. Yeah, um, it's going to. I mean, that's the other cool thing is it's. You can already see its influence in shows like The Bridge, the the way that they compose the shots, the way they even do the color filtering. I mean, mm-hmm. people are lifting shit from Breaking Bad the way a lot of people lifted stuff from The Sopranos and from Oz, 
and from so many other things that came before. So uh, that's going to be really fun to see this DNA and also to see, um, you know, people that you became a fan fans of in, in Breaking Bad, like Michelle McLaren, um, see some of the showrunners that were you know, growing up in Vince Gilligan, what they're going to do next, you yeah. know? Um, Vince came from, from, from X-Files. Uh, Matthew Weiner came from, uh, uh, Sopranos. Uh, Terrence Winter came from shit. I'm not sure. <laughs> the guy that did Boardwalk <laughs> Empire. I think he's a Sopranos guy too. But right. anyway, you see that, you know, you, 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 these people that weren't household names started somewhere who are going to be the ones that, you know, are, are going to be the next Breaking Bad and, and that we're going to be talking about in two or three years time. Super exciting to think about that 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 part of the, the the talent tree as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's it, man. I've been trying I've I've, I've been extra long windy at the end cuz I don't want it to end. <laughs> it's got to end sometime, man. Can't go on forever. Thank you to all the listeners that have gone yeah. on this ride with us. Um thanks for making it incredible. Thanks for all your support and not just to Kickstarter, but to Amazon for your iTunes reviews. Um, for your likes and follows, uh, you know, your, your positive feedback. Uh, if we didn't get respond to everyone or we didn't get read them on the air, know that we appreciated every one of them. And, you know, it's what keeps us going because we don't always feel great. We don't always have the time. We don't always are in the right frame of mind, but we, I'm very much motivated by everybody out there, uh, who's listening to us and, and who participates in our feedback. It's, it's what keeps me going, man. Yep. Same here. I I I feel like I I agree with everything Aaron said, but I feel like I should say something uh, to take us out. You know, I mean, the uh, other thing is this is the um, first show we did, and everybody has stuck around since they discovered Bald Move for three seasons now. Three years, three years of everybody's life is no joke. You know, and and the fact that we've, I mean. The one thing I was thinking uh, when I was driving back from Indiana the last time, I was thinking about how much I enjoyed Breaking Bad and how I'm un- unbelievable to me, but it's 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 actually in contention with The Wire. And I think no small part of that is the fact that we've had this experience with it yeah. in a way that didn't. You know, The Wire I watched uh, by myself, uh, marathon and DVDs, and I didn't have a bunch of people talking. Hell, I didn't even have you with me because you were really late to the party on that one. Oh, yeah. A solitary experience is not as much fun as when you're enjoying it with an awesome community. I'm super Agreed. proud of the 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 people that uh, the quality of people and the quality of commentators and everybody enjoying the show. Yeah, definitely, and I hope that people who uh, have enjoyed Breaking Bad and are watching some of the other shows we cover are going to follow us over there uh, because we'd love to have you stick around. Honestly, I mean, I we we want to set up some kind of uh, I guess community around Bald Move, and I think this is kind of a good start. You know, these shows are going to give everybody kind of a touchstone, uh, a talking point to kind of bring us all together. And, uh, I don't know. I hope you stick around. Me too. All right. That's it, man. I don't need it. I don't think we need an outro. Except for if you do want to keep up with what we're doing, facebook.com slash bald move for the final time, Jim on Twitter at bald move time to drop the mic man <laughs> let's do it we'll see everybody on walking dead hopefully if i'm not, setting then... up i'm setting up my gun mounted turret right now or my truck mounted <laughs> turret <laughs> uh again thanks everybody have a good night uh we'll see you see you around the net
who knocks. I am the danger. <laughs>